someone in Atlanta has to score a touchdown. It might as well be the Braves. Ooh, brother, the cream rises to the top. If you call it March Madness and have that stuff going on, man, what we almost had go down in Ohio tonight was November nuttiness. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back from a hiatus expansion buddies podcast. We took a week off. I was on my deathbed. Not actually. I was very sick, though. Um, I did not have the vid. I tested negative. But I did have a fever and slept pretty much all week. Jared was nice enough to wait until I got back to talk about the things that are truly important. But anyway, <laughs> with that explanation out of the way, I, of course, am the Washington rebrand. And today I'm joined by the Commanders. How are you doing today, Jared? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, as you said, uh, glad you're feeling better, of course, first and foremost. Uh, I, I did let it be known on Twitter that you were not sick uh, because of Tom Brady's retirement. I don't think that was what made you sick. Although, uh, I'm sure you feel some kind of way about it. Yeah, but let's not get off track. There's there's several things that we need to talk about today. It, it, we missed a lot last week. Oh we my did. gosh, things we popped off. We picked a bad. You, we got a bad week to miss, but that's yeah. it's fun. So so in order of importance, and I, I feel like I need to preface that this is a joke, otherwise <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a disservice. But in order of importance, Washington Commanders, Brian Flores, Tom Brady, Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. Super Bowl is definitely last on there. It's definitely not just three days away now. Four days away. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yes, we will. End this episode talking about the Super Bowl. Um, For like five minutes. Yeah, everybody talks about the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> we will too, because I mean, why not? I mean, we, I but, guess we're, our arms are twisted. Yeah, I I would like to start off with the Washington Commanders rebrand. Um, we've had several conversations about this over the past couple of weeks, and I feel rather strongly about it um, in a rather negative way. Jared is. Not as negative. I think it's because of his sunny disposition. I, but I, I, I just, you know, I think, uh, well, what did you call yourself when we talked about the uh, new logo and uniforms the other day? The, the drip master? The drip? I think drip, drip aficionado, something like there that. There it is. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly not, I don't have those credentials. So uh, I don't quite have the keen eye for that stuff that you do. But the, it, long story short, Justin's not a fan of the new uniforms i'm okay with them that's kind of where we stand on that i will so uh, the one thing that i think is good on these uniforms and i think it is good i do like the red helmet the stripe down the middle the new stylized w i like those the rest of it i think is trash i think these uniforms these jerseys are terrible they look like budget college jerseys with their the and for i i have so much to say about it i i i texted jared a whole list of things you did uh, one of my biggest complaints about it is is the issue that they have like no continuity if you look at most teams uniforms their home and away jerseys as well as like if they have a blackout or a whiteout something they're they're the same uniforms just in different colorways the Washington Commanders have not done this. 
all three of their jersey styles are are slightly different, and I it bothers me. Starting with the the lettering, um, on the red jersey, their home primary jersey is what I think of it as. They have commander right across the chest. On their white alt or their away jersey, they have Washington, and then on the black one, they have I think it says Commanders, but it's like up on the on the breast in small lettering. It, it it's not consistent. It says different things in different styles. Like the Commander has yellow lines on the top and bottom. Washington just says Washington. It's I that bothers me. The numbering is all done in slightly different styles. It's like the same font, but they made different choices uh you can see it really clearly between the black and the white uniforms they showed the black has these dividing lines on the top of the nine and the bottom of the nine the red or the white away jersey doesn't have any dividing lines and then the red seems like it has some dividing lines as well but in 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 the numbers it's it's really frustrating i don't know who designed these but it, it seems like they all shared the same notes but never met in person. Um, that and the the black helmet's garbage. Oh my word, I hate the black helmet with the the W on the forehead. Yes. Yeah. Um, when we talked about this before, to be fair, I didn't really notice the continuity of the uh, the, the the words Washington or Commanders on the different jerseys until Justin pointed it out to me, and then when I saw that, yes. That is something that bothers me a little bit too. Um, I'm a huge fan of the red helmets, as you touched on. Uh, really like those. I like the matte finish to them, the little bit of shine they have in them. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of the black one um, either. The, the black jersey looks like they looked at like the 90s Steelers and were like, we're going to copy that homework. Yeah, I mean – I don't know. Like I said, it's definitely not as original um, for sure. I, I don't feel, I, I just think the difference between you and me is I don't feel this strongly about it one way or another. Um, I, that's, that's okay. I really, I, I, I really get into the aesthetics of how, you know, sports teams put together. I think it's a really, really cool science behind or not science, but like philosophy behind it. And I think these are a miss. Like, like I said, I like the helmet, but, but like, you know, one good part does not make it all good. Like, it, it doesn't save the entire rebrand, in my opinion. It just That's like fair. one nugget of corn doesn't make a turd of corn on the cob. <laughs> fair That's... enough. Beautifully put by the drip aficionado. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, and my thing is, like, I guess I was just expecting maybe a little more. They've had two years, uh, over two years, really, to come up with something. And... I, I don't know. This was something I was worried about way back then when they first talked about using the Washington football team and branding as just kind of a placeholder until they came up with something else. I was like, all right, but you're, you know, you're giving yourself when you're giving yourself uh, when you're extending your own deadline like that, people are expecting some pretty phenomenal work when that comes out. And these are, I'd say average. I mean, that's what I would call. Yeah. Them. But uh, and that that's a huge part of it. Like is, like average shouldn't be necessarily a bad thing, but I think it kills this rebrand unless, you know, if you're getting new jerseys, like your fan base should get hyped about that. They should be like, heck yeah. I look at these. I want to buy these. And like, to me, I look at that and be like, if I was a fan of the Washington commanders, I'd just be like, all right. 
I'll just yeah. keep my old one. Yeah. I like like I, I look at one uh, of the. Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, looking at one of their pictures, they have these uh these like Letterman's, like these Washington Commander Letterman's, and I think they're sweet. They are the coolest thing that they put out with this new rebrand. I I don't know if you've seen those, but I I, I'll look those. them up. Yeah. They're super cool. Yeah, I like them. Um, but yeah, they they tried to be like inoffensive as possible. Like they didn't lean into the commander's brand at all. Like I feel like they could have gone with like some military motifs because that's what they wanted. Uh, one suggestion I saw, I think it was on. Uh, oh shoot, I don't even know which podcast it was. I think or live stream or something. I think it might have been on uh um the observant lineman. Uh, I don't know if you know him. Uche Nawanery, no, no I think. No, Wanari. I, I, I'm sorry if he ever hears this. I am super sorry. He, he's a previous Jacksonville Jaguar. Uh, he has a YouTube show and he'll have other YouTube. Anyway, I, I digress. But I think it was on there. Maybe it was uh, GPS. But they talked about like they didn't lean into like the the commander part. Like they could have added like like one thing I saw that I thought would be super cool is like if their captains, instead of having like a C, they had like five stars somewhere on their uniform for like a five-star general yeah. leading the way. But like, there's none of that on this Jersey. I think like they could have leaned into that and made these super cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely some missed opportunities for sure. Um, that and the this. whole debacle with their nickname, everybody's calling them the commies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw a lot of people were, uh, upset they didn't go with the red wolves and i think they ran into some legal trouble with arkansas state and being able to use that name although uh boise state and denver make broncos work together so i don't really see a reason why they couldn't have figured something out although something no. tells me that dan schneider is not a master negotiator when it comes to things like that um and he probably has the tendency to rub some people the wrong way and <laughs> maybe that's what happened. I don't know. That's all speculation, but yeah. The other thing I'll mention about these uniforms, I, I look at like the new, the, the Vikings uniforms as something that's kind of similar to what they wanted to do here. Um, and another big thing is like, there's no way to break up the colors. Really. Usually when you look at uniforms, you have a one colored Jersey and a different colored pant, or if you have a different or the same colored pant, you have, a, a line of color or two lines of color down the sides to break it up. These have nothing. They're just straight. And I, I really, I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me, but Fair I digress. Enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's, let's talk about uh, the two, probably most, imp- I'd say most important NFL teams this weekend. Now that we've talked about the commanders and we'll Hold talk up. about, no, I, I laid out our schedule of importance. Oh, we're touching on all of that first. Yes, I laid it out like okay. a chapter book. Okay. And All you're right. just skipping to the end. You can't skip to the end of the story. You don't know how we got there. Well, I know how we got to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know that you do. All right. What's next on the docket then? Brian Flores. Uh, we would yes. be bad podcasters if we didn't talk about Brian Flores. Yeah, that's a, that's also a whole uh That is like legitimately – <laughs> a huge piece of news that needs to be talked about. Yeah, it is a big deal. Um, for anyone who um, doesn't know, 
former Miami Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores, who we both were vocal about being surprised, who was let go at the end of this season, um, did not agree with that. Uh, he is suing the NFL for their hiring practices and uh, the racist hiring practices, as he is claiming. Um, and when you hear what's gone on, between the leaked text uh, text messages that he's made public between him and Bill Belichick. I don't know if you saw that. Um, yes, I did hear about that. Yeah, Congratulating that was... him about the New York job when he didn't even interview yet. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty uh, embarrassing. Um, you know, just everything that's gone on in this year's coaching carousel hiring process um, yeah, he's filing a lawsuit against the league and it's, uh, it's something that may well cost him a chance to ever be a coach again. And I think he's come to peace with that. If you hear what he's had to say about it on his side. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. This is something that would, I, I really, I really like him and I really want to. I, I, I do believe him because I do not believe he would go through the heartache of what this is this is gonna cause him between his career and his personal life and everything to you know just I don't know I, I don't even know what it would it be called to like whistle like to not be a true whistleblower yeah um and now there there's been like statements that um when the Broncos went to interview him, they're, they're saying that it was a lie that he wanted early morning meeting and they had to fly and they weren't drunk and disheveled, uh, that they were seriously interviewing him. Um, I, I don't know about that, but I, if you look at it, like we have the Rooney rule for the NFL, which if you don't know what that is, it's after was it Tony Dungy got fired after like his first like non winning season. Yeah. Uh, he got fired out of the blue and it led to an investigation, which led to the Rooney rule, which means every team has to interview a minority candidate for the job, uh, which I would like to touch on here in just a second. And there's also uh, incentives for NFL teams to hire minority coaches in consent compensatory draft picks um and let me let me qualify this with i have an explanation but i think the rooney rule is really dumb because well it's supposed to promote hiring more minority coaches there's there's no enforcement of that they're just like there's plenty of experience out there to show that like forcing interview quotas does not work. They're just going to tack somebody onto the, the roster and they're still going to, you know, hire their guy, the NFL and it's hiring, at least from what we can see as fans is very incestuous. I mean, you look how, how has Adam Gase gotten two head coaching jobs and is, is apparently possibly getting hired back to the Patriots. How does a guy like that, uh, who has failed so spectacularly continue to get jobs? other than knowing somebody in the right place. So I think, I think there is some serious, some serious weight to what 
to what Brian Flores is saying. And I think, I, I, I don't know how, how it gets fixed. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation because like you said, and I'm glad you made that point where and I agree with you. I think the Rooney rule is uh, kind of ridiculous just because um, you know, these teams are still, when they have a guy in mind, they're going to hire him. I mean, that's just how it is. And they're going to sad as sad as it is. I mean, they're going to uh, interview a guy like Brian Flores or uh, whoever um, just to check a box. And I think that's yeah. obviously not the reason you should be doing things. And I don't, I, I mean, whether that's based off of skin color or whatever, you shouldn't be interviewing a guy just to check a box. Um, you should be interviewing the best possible candidates for that job. And we've both been very vocal that we think Brian Flores is an NFL talent head coach. I mean, he's proven that he is what he did with the Dolphins this year alone was impressive. Um, It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bad deal and it's uh, I'm interested to see what comes of this lawsuit. Um, You know, he's going to have a heck of a fight on his hands. It's never easy to sue the national football league um, and come out on top. And he, he probably knows he's not going to. Um, but you know, something needs to happen. Um, because what we've got going on right now is just a really tough situation, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, On one hand, you have 30, sorry to cut you off there real quick. Oh, you're good. You're good. Uh, you have 32 teams. And as it stands currently, two of those 32 teams have black head coaches. Um, and I'm not trying to say anything with that statement, you know, uh, different folks are going to read into that what they will. Uh, but the fact of the matter is you're telling me there's not 32 at least. And I'm not saying that every coach in the NFL obviously needs to be African-American or needs to be white or needs to be this or whatever, but you're telling me there's, there's not more than two qualified uh, African-American uh, people to be head coaches in the NFL. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It's just a, it's a whole it's a whole mess. And I honestly, I'm kind of at a loss on where we go because I don't know what the answer is. You don't know what the yeah. answer is. I don't think any one person knows what the no. answer is. And one of the things I've heard thrown out that uh, I don't know if Brian Flores is like advocating for it or if it's just been tied to his, his statements, but um, making it so there is uh, more opportunities for, minority coaches to start in the lower levels and work their way up and get those opportunities. Yeah. Um, which I think that that might help, but I, I, I don't know. And the thing about it is too, like the, the NFL, as long as they're making their money, I don't think the NFL gives a crap what happens. No, of course. Um, I mean, they, they've got as long, long as they can tidy it up. Exactly. The NFL's already solved racism is, <laughs> is the big joke. They put stop racism on yep. the backs of helmets in the end zones. They're, they're like, we did a great job. Let's go home. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I have a question for you and it might be a tough one to answer. Yep. Maybe yep. you can't answer it. Uh, the most recent coaching hire, uh, I think the most recent one, or one of the more recent ones was uh, Lovey Smith, longtime bears coach to the Texans. I think it's a great hire. Uh, and I don't, I'm not saying that because of the man's skin color. I'm saying that because of his coaching resume, the dude well, was an excellent coach. And I'm asking, I'm going to ask you, do you think the Texans did that to take some possible heat off themselves? Uh, or do you think they hired Lovey Smith because they actually thought he was the best candidate for the job? Um, I think it was a little column A, a little column B. 
Yeah, that's um, which is I... a it 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 really seemed like they wanted to hire Josh McCowan um, mm-hmm. as their next head coach from kind of the posturing they were doing, and then this whole situation came about, and they they switched, which wasn't Lovey Smith. I think wasn't he a defensive coordinator with the Texans? Uh, no, he's recently been a head coach in college at Illinois. Um, maybe I know at least he was a few years ago. Maybe more recently he has been, but last I heard that he was a head coach at, in the uh, college ranks. Yeah, and he was a previous coach for the Bucks as well. Yeah. Um, he's he's not been a bad coach. I think he is a good hire. I think he's gonna do well. Um. Yeah. Okay. He was a. He was a defensive coordinator under David Culley. Okay. So he's been with the organization, gotcha. but it did seem like the, the Texans wanted to promote from within and they were looking at Josh McCowan, but I think they saw the situation and the accusation and not, you know, giving more qualified people jobs. And they're like, Oh man, it'd look kind of bad right now. If we hired uh, yeah. a right guy that's never coached because we like him. Well, I mean, you'll remember, and you might even remember us talking about this on the show. We did briefly. Uh, we were talking about the NBA back then. We had our buddy Patrick on big NBA guy. And we were, there was uh, the nets in the NBA took some heat uh, about a year and a half ago when they hired Steve Nash, who Steve Nash, excellent player, um, never had any head coaching experience before in the NBA over mm-hmm. some uh, black candidates. And um, you know, I, like I said, I'm not here to accuse a franchise or an owner of, you know, anything here. I I'm just pointing out what we know is fact and, you know, you can read into it what you will. Um, but the fact of the matter is in most professional sports, really uh, the, the number of whites to uh, minority head coach ratio there is off kilter big time. And um, you know, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know. Well, and, and the thing is, too, I think, you know, people that have experience with the game, the NFL is, is has a exceptionally has a very high African-American population of of players. You oh, can't yeah. tell me that there are not ex players out there that would make excellent coaches. No doubt. No and doubt. I, maybe maybe those people don't want to coach, but. And, 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 you know, I think it should be said and, you know, and we know this obviously, but when we're talking about these sorts of things, uh, we're not saying anything bad about the white guys that have been hired um, in, in any sport. You know, we've said bad things about some of your Adam Gases out there, but that's obviously for way different reasons. Um, you know, um, yeah, and I totally agree with you with the amount of African-American players that come through the NFL, mm-hmm. um, every year decade whatever you want to call it there's plenty of them that would make excellent head coaches if they wanted to be after their careers yeah um but you know this is only one part of this whole brian flores uh suit as well the other part which could arguably even be you know the which could arguably be the bigger part because it's probably going to bring more heat upon the nfl is the fact that Brian Flores is claiming that the Dolphins owner offered him money to to throw games, to tank games, to get better draft picks. Yeah. Which um is is huge because it everybody knows like tanking is something that 
happens. It's just, you know, we don't really talk about it. Nobody ever goes out there to, you know, do their worst, anything like that. But if it's true that owners or upper management was encouraging it, that, that means the NFL's bottom dollar is getting hurt. And then also that could bring in, you know, the, the government looking into things for, you know, collusion, corruption, things like that. And the NFL doesn't want that because there's kind of this uneasy balance right now that the NFL kind of just keeps funneling money and doing their thing quietly. And, and Congress and the government don't look at them as a monopoly, which they are. Yeah. Well, um, and when you start talking about that and, and talking about, um, you know, if, if this is really going on when you have owners and higher ups incentivizing their employees to throw games for whatever reason, um, you're, you're getting into the whole gambling side of sports and all the legality that comes with that. And, the, you know, it's, it's the NFL shaping to have a mess on their hands. If it comes yeah. out that this was true. It, there's a very good chance we are going to see owners having to sell teams, which is the precedent that has been set by other sports. When something like this has happened, especially if you look at like the football clubs over in Europe. Yeah, if, no doubt. So there is a chance that we see the Miami Dolphins getting sold. Like, mm-hmm. I think that is a very real possibility. Yeah. Um, well, and how much longer before the team we were just talking about gets sold in Washington? You know, and yeah. Dan Schneider's whole slew of messes over there, uh, more lawsuits and stuff that they're dealing with as a franchise. I mean. Yeah, there is a recent sexual misconduct uh, shocker. shocker levied against him. I think. Dan Snyder's um, he's been in hot water for a while. And I think if, if the Miami dolphins end up going down, I think the NFL is going to take Dan Snyder down with them or the yeah. dolphins are well, because. It, and I'm just drawing parallels to, it was probably seven, eight years ago now, but when the horribly racist remarks that then Clippers owner, Donald Sterling uh, when they came out, uh, the other owners in the NBA all got together and just forced him to sell essentially. Yeah. And at what point does Dan Schneider hit, you know, <laughs> get to that? I don't know. I mean, and if you've I, got multiple... it's got, it's gotta happen. I mean, yeah, just, and right now I think everybody's like focused on the commander rebrand, but like, do not forget leaking sewage, oh, yeah. uh, sexual misconduct, horrible infrastructure. Horrible infrastructure at the at the entire stadium. Yeah. Um, pimping out his cheerleaders. That's yeah. that's a fun one. Yeah. Um, you know, endangering players by not letting them get proper medical attention. That like he he is a farce of a team owner. Yeah. Let's not. Um, I like the way that you put that. Let's not get distracted by the bright shiny new thing. That's the new name and the new, you know logo and uniforms and all that stuff, because there is still a whole mess of problems over there in DC. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's bad. And the, this whole situation in Miami is, could be bad in its own right. If it comes out to be true, that that's what was going on. Um, and if it was, uh, you know, I'd be happy to say that it didn't seem like Brian Flores was taking the bait because Miami had a stellar second half of the season as we talked yeah. about. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's some interesting times that lie ahead this offseason for the NFL after the Super Bowl is over um, and all this stuff is going to be kind of pushed to the forefront because I think right now um, everyone's still kind of lost in the glitz and the glam of Super Bowl week and all that mm. stuff. And, you know, the Bengals are a fun story right now, uh, which we'll get to in just a second. But once all of this is over and, you know, um, there's not really a whole lot going on in the sports world with the MLB being in its current lockout right now, which at some point we're going to do an episode on that because I have some thoughts there. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, at some point when this is kind of pushed to the forefront of the news cycle uh, and the NFL really starts to feel the heat, I'm interested to see how it goes down. All of it. Yeah. And like, I think it's something to remember too. Roger Goodell does not run the league no i think a lot of people think that he is there to be the face of the league he's very much employed by these owners i mean yeah yeah and like yeah he makes decisions but he does not hold the true power that would be jerry jones jerry i was just gonna say that would be one man in particular down in texas yeah um yeah yeah it's it's a common misconception that roger goodell just you know has the gavel and he's just make calling all the shots you know up there in his ivory tower and that's not exactly how it works roger goodell gets a lot of heat and rightfully so he has not been a fantastic commissioner to say the least but um these owners are the ones that are pulling the strings and making things happen yep um real quick i want to touch on tom brady yeah i feel Um, like you need to he is officially retired after the whole Adam Schefter debacle, which I almost feel like Tom Brady was just like, I'm going to mess with Schefter one last time. <laughs> mess with Shefty a little bit. Um, But he's officially retired. Um, I just want to say thank you to Tampa Bay Buccaneer legend Tom Brady and everything you accomplished in only Tampa Bay. There's if nothing we were, else. If we were a live show, man, our phones would be ringing off the hook right yep, now. And yep, it would yep. all be Kyle calling Because <laughs> he's our only listener. <laughs> or that. no no we got a couple we got, we got a few out there um love y'all yeah i i can't wait to just refer to him as buccaneer legend tom brady and oh man i i loved his uh his send-off it sound it really sounded like he was just retiring from the buccaneers i hope he he didn't mention new england not at all his <laughs> picture that he used was when the bucks beat the patriots at foxborough because i think that uh the guy had more fun in Tampa Bay in the last two years of his career than he had in his entire time in new England. Yeah. He won a lot more up there with Belichick, but he was not happy at the end. You know, no. <laughs> Tampa I, Tom I, was fun. Tom, we talked about that yeah. after you guys won the super bowl last year and the, and the getting drunk on the boat and all that stuff. I mean, that was Tom Brady. And I think that's always been who the guy is. He just wasn't allowed to be that in new yeah. England. I'm sure he's going to sign like a one-day deal and retire a Patriot, but if he doesn't, oh, I will relish that. That would be pretty funny. I just want to say thank you to Tom Brady for what you did accomplish. You brought an incredibly bright point to a franchise and a fan base that was really sad. After the We were in a a rough spot. (laughs) Yeah, um, and and spoiler alert – that's my shout out, Tom Brady, on just yeah. I mean, obviously, on the career, on everything he's accomplished. Um, I mean, we don't need to recite his uh, accolades again. No, I mean, we know. The, the craziest thing is, 
I think it's so good that he retired right now too, because the dude is still at like peak performance. Like he was slinging the rock. He was, Oh yeah. He was playing honestly better than he had like in years prior in a lot of cases. And, you know, I think he was hoping to go out at another Super Bowl, but I think it's really good that he's hanging up and he's not really just stretching the career out and like playing until his knees give out or something, you know, not doing a Brett Favre. And I mean, obviously he wanted one more Super Bowl before he left, but boy, he didn't leave without giving the Rams a little bit of a scare. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we we would be, we would have fought for a freaking Super Bowl appearance if we had made better choices on our defense. I digress though. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. And uh, I think, you know, you can spend hours analyzing these two teams, but it comes down to can Points. the Bengals line like hold up against the the pass rush of the Rams? Yeah, that is what it comes down to. That Rams defense is tenacious. They're the best defense in the league this year, um, and I completely agree with you. Um, that is the cautionary tale from the Bengals side of things. Uh, there is a cautionary tale from the Rams side of things too, though, that at least I think is there. If you're the LA Rams, you're at home in the Super Bowl. Second time in a row that's happened now where the Super Bowl's hosted its own team. Um, but you cannot, you cannot sleep on these Bengals. And I don't think Sean McVay is going to let them. But the Bengals have been pretty heavy underdogs in their last two playoff games, both against Tennessee and Kansas City on the road. Uh, We talked about how tough it was going to be for them to beat Kansas City. Well, cool Joey B went ahead and did it. So I think the Rams uh, won't, at least to the level that maybe, and I won't even say Kansas City slept on the Bengals. I think they just crumbled, quite frankly, in the second half Mm -hmm. of that AFC championship. Uh, Made some dumb mistakes at the end. But uh, don't be surprised if this Bengals team comes out swinging in the, uh, in their first possession. Yeah. I mean, just Joey B flinging it down the field. I mean, this team's got nothing to lose, man. They really don't. Um, and they know, and I don't even want to say that they're going to be going into a quote unquote hostile environment because at, in the NFC championship, and I get that was two California teams, but you had more 49ers fans in that stadium than you did Rams fans. I mean, you yeah. really did. The Rams still do not have a good following no. in, their, in their home city. Who was it um, just um, on Wednesday this week said that uh, – I can't remember who it was for the life of me, but he said – he lives in L.A. and he said, this is still a Raiders town yeah. of all teams. He said, we need – he said, you know, as a – and he was a – he's a Rams guy, someone. He said, we need to really focus on building a fan base for the Rams here in L.A. because this is still a Raiders town. Well, that's they why they want to win a Super Bowl so bad. I that honestly, help. that is it. Yeah, that would um, help. But I can't be, I can't help but like think of a David and Goliath story here. I mean, you have the Bengals, which if you look at like what they brought in, they brought in draft picks. No one expected them to get here at the beginning of the year. No. They're oh. such like a definition of like a homegrown team. They have a quarterback who's essentially a rookie. I, you know, barely played his first year. And then you have a star rookie wideout and then a homegrown running back, like, and, and, and this rookie kicker that have all been phenomenal. Like this is such a homegrown team. They didn't, 
go out and shell out millions for, you know, Von Miller or OBJ like the Rams did. Like, yeah, this is the little guy team. It feels like the home team is going up against the the you know, the big like, bad kid on the on the mountain. Kind of like Friday Night Lights a little bit. Uh, you spend the entire movie following this lovable group, uh, the the group that you know. Uh, you just, like I said, you fall in love with through the whole story of it and they're going up against the bad guys. And I mean, I'm saying the Rams are the bad guys because they're in my division, but the way you frame it like that, um, you know, the, these two teams have built their success and where they're at right now in vastly different ways. Um, you just detailed beautifully what Cincinnati has been able to do with their draft picks and these kids from Ohio and, you know, and Joey B, I mean, he's probably the best story of all of it. And then what the Rams did, they went out, and I'm not dogging any of those guys. They went and they got Matt Stafford in a trade. They went and they got Von Miller. Um, you know, they went and they got Jalen Ramsey a couple of years ago. I mean, they yeah. built it a very different way with superstars. Um, and so you've kind of got your superstars, and I'm not going to call the Bengals your nobodies, but uh, comparatively speaking, yeah, I mean, it's clear who's the favorite in this game. And like I said. Yeah, the Bengals seem more like a money ball team. Yeah, that's if if, if it was it. baseball, they'd be the they'd be the A's, they'd be the Athletics. They built it. Uh, they just built it from scratch, really. Yeah, and, and a coach too, Zach Taylor. I mean, we didn't know yeah. anything about this guy a year ago, really. Even when he was the head coach of them uh, a year in in his career, I didn't know a lot about the guy. I don't think you did either, unless no. you were a diehard Bengals fan. And I don't. My brother, who as our listeners know, is a big Bengals fan, who uh, is pretty excited right now. By the way, obviously uh he he didn't know a ton about Zach Taylor at the time either so this this Bengals team really has kind of risen out of nowhere you know we had experts quote unquote at the beginning of this season picking Cincinnati to finish dead last in the AFC South um yeah that tells you right there no and that's the thing that's as much as we posture and talk and um experts do the same thing none of us truly know how a season is going to play out. Like it, it depends hugely on, you know, each member of a team. It was like, you could have a super team come together and it not work out. There's injuries, there's locker rooms, there's a whole gambit of things that could, you know, offset a season. Yeah. I mean, shoot at the, at the halfway point of the season, all the experts were saying the most likely Super Bowl was the Bucks and the Patriots. And here we are. Neither of those teams are in the Super Bowl. Neither of those teams made it to the championship. Heck, are your your two top seeds didn't even make it to the championships this year. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't matter what you expect because that's what's one of the great things about football. It's, you know, any given game can go one way or the other. And that's the beautiful thing about the NFL too, as compared to other sports playoffs, Uh, the NFL playoffs is one game. It's not a series. It's not best of five. It's not best of seven. Um, It's one game. And if you have a bad game, you're out. Uh, Yeah. Ask the Titans ask. I don't, I'm not going to say the bills. The bills didn't have a bad game. They just could. We we don't need to have a bad defense, you know, but uh, you know, yeah. I mean, one off day and it's done for you. You don't get a second chance. Yeah. And you know, I, I kind of postulate if the NFL did do a series sort of deal, would these two teams still be the ones in the Super Bowl? And it doesn't matter because it, in this format, they are the best two teams this year, right now, um, for very different reasons. And as always, 
I am going to put you on the spot, and we got to pick Bengals. this game. I Bengals. think so, too. I think so, too. I think it's going to be Bengals about by 10 points. I want to say 34 to 24. Uh, that's kind of the feeling I get. I think Joe Burrow is ready for this, man. I mean, you know, people will say, oh, he's never played in a Super Bowl before. Well, guess what? Two weeks ago, he had never played in an AFC championship. Ne- neither is Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford yeah. didn't win a playoff game until Joe Burrow did. Exactly. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So inexperience is a bound for these two quarterbacks. Um, you know, obviously Sean McVay has been to the Super Bowl once with some of these Rams players not that long ago, the Super Bowl that I still maintain turned out to be an absolute turd. Uh, the worst one in my lifetime. Oh, it was so bad. But uh, I mean, the major, the biggest player that's still there, I think, is Aaron Donald, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's gonna definitely have to be public enemy number one for Cincinnati, of course. And I think he will be. Um, you know, but saying you're gonna game plan for the guy and then actually doing it are two different things. So I'm interested yeah. to see how they handle that pass rush, like you mentioned earlier. Um, but if Joe Burrow can stay upright and if that offensive line can keep him up, man, this, this Bengals team has a chance. I mean, they're, they they can go in there and win this game. And I really think they're going to, I, they just kind of have that moxie to them, um, this year and uh, kind of started to realize that they really had that it factor when they beat Tennessee, or at least I did. Um, and, and like you mentioned the rookie kicker ice in his veins, guy is unbelievable honestly for a rookie to make the kicks he's made in this postseason uh what is the only like three away from the the record for a playoff record yeah man holy cow well every playoff game they had came to a walk-off field goal by mcpherson didn't it uh the the raiders one didn't that came up to a defensive stand but he made some field goals in that game too i mean that made it possible so you could argue that i mean yeah but i mean this guy has been as clutch as they come yeah, um, I'll say this right now. If McPherson kicks the game-winning field goal for the Super Bowl, I will buy his jersey. I don't ooh. even care. That's not a Bucks. Man, Let's I, go. That kid is it. so good. Like, they drafted a kicker. The Bengals drafted a kicker, and it has literally paid off in it's dividends. It's gotten them to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's like, paid off in the That is way. such a gutsy move, and I love it, dude. I That's some, man. like, that's some, like, Madden drafting right there. Yeah. And man, the Bengals, like, like you said earlier, they're just such a lovable team right now. And it's like, it's, I feel like it's different than when Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs came on the rise. Like we, I think when Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs came on the rise, we were just so happy that someone finally beat new England and that someone was finally different coming out of the AFC. Um, and we talked about it before that you and I were both starting to get that same, Oh, I don't want it to be the chiefs again, just because they've been there twice. Yeah. Um, and and that, it's, I don't know, like this Bengals team though, how can you not root for them? I mean, yeah. my dad, who is a Steelers fan through and through is rooting for the Bengals in the Super Bowl because yeah. of Joe Burrow and because of what they've accomplished up to this point. So that should tell you that this is a, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I'm looking at this Super Bowl as good guys, bad guys. The Rams are the bad guys. I told yeah. my brother on the phone after the AFC championship, I said, I hope you go in there. And I said, I hope you beat the pants off the Rams. Uh, I don't think they're going to blow them out by any means, but I do think they're going to win the game. Yeah, I really hope they do. I am 100% rooting for the Bengals. I, I like the Rams well enough. I really would like Matt Stafford to get a ring, but man, I 
don't want it to be the Rams this year. And don't get me wrong. I love Cooper Cup. I think I would love to see him get a ring too. Um, Just uh, FCS pride a little bit. You know, it's not often guys come from an FCS level of football and turn out to be the superstar that he's turning out to be. I would love to see him get a ring. Yeah. But uh, yeah, not this time. Not right now. Not with the Rams. <laughs> not just not, it's not it's not the Rams time, man. It's the Bengals yeah. time. It feels like since he's time. And I'm telling you what, if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, I will eat chili for a week. No, you won't. <laughs> I will. I'll do it. I, hand to God, I will eat chili for a whole week straight for dinner every night if the Bengals win the Super Bowl. You have my word. Speaking of chili. Man, I think I might not have to make chili this Sunday. <laughs> hey, man. Um, but like, oh man, we didn't have Jared and Zach on, or Joe and Zach on to talk about our Super Bowl the food. food so. Super Bowl food. Who? What would have the foods been? Obviously, it would have been chili for Cincinnati. But what is LA known for food wise? Like I feel food. like food trucks. So, like, I feel like taco trucks is a huge LA thing. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I guess um, I've never really pinned a food to that city before, like you can some other places. But like I said, I promise you on everything I hold dear. If the Bengals win the Super Bowl, I will have chili for dinner every night next week. Man, I won't. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. So, but I'm just saying, it, it, I think that would be something worthy to celebrate the Bengals getting their first Super Bowl in with this team. That's how I would celebrate anyway. Yeah. I, man, I am so excited. It should be such a fun Super Bowl. Um, very excited to watch it. Um, I feel bad for you. Uh, having to work that day. Well, yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be too bad. Everyone's going to want to get out of there. So uh, we're going to crank through inventory as fast as we can. I think we've already actually started it uh, today and we definitely aren't allowed to do that. So, so uh, probably a good thing that you said it on the podcast that we public publicly publish, maybe uh, cut that out. I know no one's going to hear it, but maybe just cut that out. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how confident I'm feeling when we publish this. Jared, your boss is like, hey, I actually emailed your podcast to corporate. They loved it, except for the part where you outed us. Yeah, 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 you know, whatever. They're, they're trying to promote more of I'm our I'm not employees. too worried about it. I'm not too worried. They should not have scheduled inventory on Super Bowl Sunday. That's all I have to say about that. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping to at least catch uh, the, the latter half of the game. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I think it's going to be back and forth. Um, I just hope that, uh, nobody gets hurt, obviously. And I hope everybody has fun. <laughs> you sound like a soccer mom. <laughs> and I hope the I Bengals hope win everybody has by fun. 30. Uh, that's what I hope for. That's my Super Bowl wishes this year. So, uh, yeah. And we got shout outs out of the way. Obviously it had to go to the goats, the one, the true, the only uh, greatest Tampa Bay Buccaneer of all time. Tom Brady. Greatest Tampa Bay Buccaneer of all time. Well, <laughs> there, and let's not discourage. Let's not discount Mike Alstott. Okay. All right. Warren Sapp, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, Tom Brady up there, like, like they're tied for like all first. Right. Yeah. 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 But okay, Tom Brady will always be remembered as, First and foremost, a Buccaneer. Tampa Bay legend, Tom Brady. Tampa Bay. Um, so, yeah, that we both picked the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think uh, last year we were different on our Super Bowl pick. Obviously, you went with your boys, and I went with the Chiefs, and I was wrong. So, yep. as in the time span of us doing 
uh, the expansion buddies. This is our second Super Bowl preview. Sadly, we did not get to do it with our pals, the Get Back guys, this year because they don't really have a podcast anymore. We still talk to those guys, uh, love them to death. Maybe next year we'll have them on. But we, yeah. uh, you're two and zero, or maybe two and zero. If we, if the Bengals win, you'll hopefully, be two and zero in your Super Bowl predictions. I'm zero and one right now, so uh, we picked it the same this year. Uh, there's a chili promise on the line. There's a kicker jersey promise on the line. Um, lots, lots on the line for the expansion buddies. You know, they... speaking of jerseys, by the way. Oh goodness gracious! And I think that's all our time for this one, folks. <laughs> uh, yes, I know. I still owe you that Kraken jersey. That's okay. I remember Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord. I remember. Uh, but I do think that actually is all the time we have for this one. Yeah, uh, I know you need to get out of here. Up, but, uh, well, first off, thank you, Justin, for uh, another excellent year of football year of podcasting. Another excellent yeah. year of being the best co-host a guy could ask for. Thank so you. you're the best co-host a guy Ooh. could ask for. Well, I try my best. I do. I really do. Um, and we want to thank all of our listeners out there for being all the best listeners, the two guys uh, doing this for fun could ask for. We appreciate yep. you guys tuning in every week. Uh, however you tune in, whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, the can on a string, iTunes, all that good stuff. We really appreciate you guys listening wherever you listen from. Um, we hope you enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend, uh, rooting for the Bengals, hopefully. Um, if the Bengals win, we'll definitely have my brother on next week. It'll be his second championship he's experienced in the time span of a year after the Bucks won. So we might get to have him on. <laughs> Milwaukee's the right trainer. Milwaukee. Oh, man, your brother's on the right train right now. He is. He is. And if they win, we'll have him on next week. But until next week, I've been Jared. That's been Justin. And never forget. Party Links, 1976.